Hi, friends. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. It's your favorite co-host who doesn't shut up about her coven, <laughs> popping in to tee up this thought because my better half is gallivanting around Miami eating croquettas without me. So subsequently, I'm hiding behind an audio-only intro because I am in my pajamas with wet hair, as if you haven't seen me like that before on this podcast, about to run out the door to have some holiday family time myself. So let me not take too long because this episode, y'all, truly makes my heart explode. Cyrus Vasey is a face you'll recognize, if not from your For You page, then certainly as the one carrying TikTok Fridays on their back. Cyrus recently moved from one side of content creation to the other, so from a marketing background and now taking ownership in front of the camera, thank goddesses everywhere for this, and becoming everyone's favorite Iranian-American non-binary content-creating powerhouse. Cyrus is such a safe and silly space on the internet and also loves humor as a coping mechanism, so you know they became fast friends of the pod. And we had such a fun time chatting with them. Our thoughts covered everything from the content creation paradigm of running like a business, but also protecting your moral values, to some favorite coping mechanisms, to unpacking immigrant parent dynamics, to advice for allies, and truly so much more. We seriously had a blast, and I know this convo will brighten your day. So make sure to bless your feed by following Cyrus on TikTok and IG, and please give a warm TMV familia welcome to Cyrus. I'm Meadowlark. And I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary. The podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community. And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people? <laughs> Can I just tell you that my sister, who like is the type of person that doesn't have TikTok, but only has Instagram, and so she'll send me wow. reels like five months later. Yes. Yeah. All she does is send me your stuff. Yep. And I've told her 400 times. I'm like, they're coming on my podcast. They're coming on my podcast. <laughs> Forgets. Whoa. Sends it again. She doesn't know Love that. Well, I can't wait. This is mm-hmm. this is part dedication to her. Then, yeah. yeah. I'm oh, like, you see, Isa, I'm doing something important. Oh <laughs> Plus, our, our whole community is gonna freak out because freak. we do this thing on our Instagram called TikTok Fridays. Humor yes. is our favorite coping mechanism around here in this family. So oh, every Friday, all we do is post like humorous coping TikToks and like kind of mental oh, health. So fun. You are single-handedly holding it down it. for TikTok Friday. Hey, no You're way. carrying it this way on your back. Like our <laughs> community is going to die. You know what? That is so helpful to hear because I'm like, so I'll look at my TikTok and I'll be like, what the fuck am I saying? Like I'll like, sometimes I'm just like, I, cause I try and be very self-aware, but sometimes I just get lost in it and you kind of just don't know how people are receiving your content. So yeah. I'm thrilled to hear that. Oh no, we oh love gosh. it. I'm going to start with this already. Gabby, roll your eyes at me. Have you read okay. Rick Rubin's book? Oh, God. <laughs> no, I roll. I have not read. No, I have not. I think I have to you're... learn how to read. No, Rick Rubin. Hold on. Rick Rubin. <laughs> I have to the learn how to read. Is that what you just said? A way of being. <laughs> no, I have not read his book. No. You are going to love it. Like already, if you're in that whole, like I make something and I feel good and I put it out, but then how am I being perceived? And that like all nice. these kind of like art creativity process questions, like mm-hmm. this is the Bible. You are going yeah. to fall in love with it. Okay. Okay. I'm adding to my, my cue. Everyone take a shot because I, I cannot shut up about that book on this podcast. So it is a good book advance. though to like microdose, like in the morning, yeah. read a chapter. Cause uh, it's like the chapters are like a page or two long. It's like so poetry it's nice almost. Day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I will. That sounds good. No, but I'm yeah. very excited. 
I'm excited for your for everyone to hear this. This will be so fun. Okay, first of all, you two are matching, so jealous. Uh, I Whatever. Know. I usually do a little bit of color, but I realize it sort of washes out sometimes with the natural light. When I do black, I just sort of pop. So hmm. that's true. I think that's everyone. Easy, easy peasy. And it's chic. Like when is yeah. black ever not? You know what I mean? It's just ever easy. Not chic. Truly. I like I went to an event last night and I wore green and I was like, oh my God. Like I was <laughs> I went to a sample sale in New York and I bought this beautiful Dion Lee corseted top. Mm. It was yeah. it's like it's like winter green, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I was like, whatever, I'll wear color once. And then I'm looking at myself on the step and repeat. And I'm like, I look like a fucking tree because I'm no. eight in these stupid fucking heels that I'm wearing when I'm wearing a green top, I look like an oak tree. Like it was this, it was this. Wait, was I don't, I don't believe that for a second though. Cause you have like golden tones. So I feel like the gold with the green would like it really, it really helped. But then I look like a Christmas tree because I'm not wearing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then my boyfriend, he was like, you, you're a monster. Like I was like, literally. <laughs> I've also noticed if I just wear black and one pop of color, it's better than trying to do like a thousand things. Because I'm not a stylist. I'm not a fashion girly. I'm really not. So um, black it is. I feel you. 99%. You always look great. You always <laughs> look great. I, I think I pull it together as best as I can for someone who just doesn't have that eye, I think, personally. Beauty oh. and skincare, I got. It's just the fashion the not my forte, even though I love posting about fashion. I was going to say, you great. definitely have an eye. But that's fun because then you get to experiment and evolve it over time. You know what? At least you're playful. Like nothing is more boring than being in stuff. What's what's the um, quote from Dolly Parton? God forbid I'm fashionable. She's like, that's the easiest thing in the world to be. Like who would ever, I stoop so low to be fashionable. That's what it is. God forbid I stoop so low to be fashionable. I think it's, and then part of it too is I, I, this is really interesting. I heard someone say a lot of people, especially if you grew up being, especially if you grew up very sort of like, gender dysmorphic or like if you if you went to a school that was really heavy on like gender norms and like I had a dress code going up like you don't really develop your style so it's oh, like yeah. I don't know what my style is it's like I this uh, literally until 18 and then it was like I was I'm what 29 now and like a couple weeks ago I was like I don't know why I can't and someone said that to me and I was like I was like oh my god it's because I never had the opportunity to like develop my style Absolutely. so what you said about like I'm growing so into it is my, is my style journey right now. Well, then even as our mental health changes, is that what you're going to say, yeah. Gabby? Sorry well, no, I was just saying you fucking throw the pandemic into the mix and people are just oh. in pajamas and sweats. Oh, and three years later, you're like, mm, what do I like? I know. Yeah, that's haven't good. seen my body. No, it's, <laughs> it's no. And then bodies change all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very fascinating world of fashion that I'm starting to become more self-aware about. Oh, that's going to be fun to watch you evolve into that then. It is. I'm and I always think it's so funny when I growing up, I'll give you obviously the background and we'll get into it all. But like, I, like, I'm not, I didn't do this to become a creator and like an influencer. And like, it comes with like everything it comes with like, you get a team, you get a publicist, like you just that. And I don't, I have a, te- I have a wonderful team, but I don't have an assistant. I don't have hair and makeup. I don't have a style. Like I don't have, I do everything myself. Sometimes I get hair to come and do it for me because I actually can't. But what I've learned is I would see people like shell out on stylists and be like, who would ever do? And then now I'll be like, oh, I get it. Oh, I like, need this. Yeah. <laughs> it takes the, you know what I mean? And then I'm yeah. doing red carpets and I'm, I'm so confused. It's like, I'm like, do people not run out of outfits? And I'm like, stylist. Yeah. Okay. 
Until you want to pay for a stylist, I have a friend that also pops the fuck off on TikTok. Her name's Allison Bornstein, and she kind of blew up for the help you find your three words. Oh my and God. kind of like build your style and what kind of your like style words? identity around oh, that. Oh, interesting. She has like a whole like closet categorization thing. She did like a mental health and fashion collab with me in like 2019. She's amazing. Wow. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, I'm, in, I'm really into this aesthetic, yeah. She like gives you the tools to do it yourself. So yeah. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. Meadow and I talk a lot about like, we're big Pinterest board girlies over here. And- love like I realized this year because every time I'd put on an outfit after the pandemic I was like I feel awful I feel like shit don't look good it's not right and then I was like oh my god why do I not look right and I'm like wait because I just moved to LA and I'm now 27 but I'm like trying to dress like every other 22 year old bitch that's like shopping on Melrose (laughs) and I'm like "Mm, nope it's so or like I was going through my shopping cart and I was like putting in like corseted crop tops and shit and then I was like what if I'm like I'm not a 22 year old twink like who do I think no, I am literally 30. I'm like I need to like start dressing and no dress however the fuck you want but also right. for me it just wasn't working anymore like I had an era mm-hmm. where I could wear that and be like fine versus now yeah. I'm gonna elevate a little bit anyway I'm well, with you. I'm like I'm going to say one more thing about it before we move on. But like, because yes. we even are going to ask you something about this later, but we right. talk a lot about masculine and feminine energies and how they live in all of us and blah, yes. blah, blah. Yes. And I've been very open about like healing sex trauma and like mm-hmm. getting oh, more in touch with my feminine energy from yeah. healing sex trauma. Yes. And like, I used to never want to wear dresses, didn't like skirts, whatever. And now I'm like, throw out everything in my closet. I want to be so girl, like... I yeah. feel like your healing journey informs that too in a crazy 100%. way. hundred percent. It's like me with like, I was forced to wear collared shirts my whole life. And yeah. then in college, I was like, fuck every collared shirt I'll ever see. Fuck it, yeah. burn it to the ground. And now I'm like, I love an oversized collared shirt. Like it's right. like, a really, it's like, do you know so what I mean? It, yes. It's an interesting navigation into how you perceive yeah. the things that you wear and how other people perceive them. I think that's a good one. 100%. Totally. Even thinking about like, what you just said, like you were forced to wear those things. Yeah. There's so many I mean, outfits. Don't tell me what to do. Like, let me just figure it mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I I fully understand you. I digress because I'm like about to go into I'm the so whole, excited already. My brain literally was just like <laughs> the abusive ex-boyfriend that made me wear this. That did it. No. Like, no, yeah. we need to move on. <laughs> Reel it in. I'm like, please, let's move on. We're all okay. too excited. Let me just tell you, we start every. TMV episode asking our guests what they're currently unpacking. It's become a little shtick within our community. So, Sirius, what are you currently unpacking? I am currently unpacking why my imposter syndrome is so awake now that I'm a content creator. Mm. Because I, to give you a little bit of a background, I worked on the other side of the industry for seven years. I worked at a fairly corporate branding agency, marketing agency that I adored. I loved them so much. I was there for seven years and I was like a strategy director, strategy supervisor. I worked with brands to like do everything from strategy creative to campaigns. And then during the pandemic, I started to create content that just blew up. My my lane on Instagram was more beauty, skincare, wellness, aesthetic. My lane on TikTok was more comedy, self-confidence, dating, that kind of a thing. And then I realized really quickly... Like you can put me in a boardroom with like CMOs, CEOs, procurement for like 
a big tech brand or like a financial institution. And I will tell you exactly what the fuck you need to be doing. I was like 23 pitching like some of the biggest industry brands in the country and globally. But then I show up to a red carpet now and I'm like, you probably don't want, like, I probably wasn't invited. Like it's like, I, I create some imposter syndrome. So I'm trying to unpack what it is about that that is missing because I always say to myself like I think confidence is a muscle like you just have like no one like I truly think it's something that you constantly have to work on like anything like if you want strong arms you work them out Mm -hmm. I think confidence is a muscle I think creativity is a muscle but for me like I don't know why I feel so like quote-unquote weak in that side of my muscle when it comes Mm -hmm. to this industry sometimes so I'm currently unpacking that and I'm thinking a lot about it I like talk to myself in my apartment when I'm walking around being like why is that do you know what I mean? Well, those, yeah, I feel like the two things you said go hand in hand where when it's something that's not you focused, but it's about a brand, it's about storytelling, it's mm-hmm. about something bigger than yourself. You have so much not confidence me. in your like yeah. intellect and self-awareness to speak to that. Yeah. But when it comes to your, like the, the entertainment, yes. the idea, the concept is based yes. directly on your life, your belief, your philosophy, your idea. Like that's Ooh. a whole other ball game to unpack, like getting perceived by it, building uh, that right. self-worth 100%. in that area. Like that, and I'm woo. very, and I'm very, I'm a confident person. I've worked on it for many, oh, many, for many sure. years. It's just funny. It's like sometimes I'm in rooms now as a creator, and I can't believe that I'm in those rooms. And I'm in those rooms for a reason. But I'm still, I'm still not convinced. I'm like, I'm yeah. not fucking convinced. Yeah. And they're like, we don't know how to help you. Do you know what I mean? I'm right. like, I, <laughs> yeah. I have to help myself to yeah. be able to get to that place. So that's, I'm doing a lot of work and I know I'm doing a lot of work because I literally like two hours out of the day, I'm like talking to myself in my apartment. My boyfriend's like, who the fuck are you talking to? I'm like, I'm literally just talking out I'm loud. working it out. Like, yeah. working out. It's <laughs> not about you right now. <laughs> you know I mean, like I'm trying to figure it out right now. And I think it's going to be a, a journey as many things are, but that's of right course. now. It's like, I'm, it's interesting. I talked to, um, do you know, Taffy Pessoa? Oh, she's like one of my best her. friends. Tiffy is my, if I had a sister, it would be her. Like we were chatting, we were FaceTiming yesterday and I was telling her about it and she was just so grounding and was, um, and it's just like, I think it helps for me to talk things out. Like I think that's Mm -hmm. what I need to do because I really don't ask asking for help and I really Mm. have an issue with it, but I'm also learning how to ask for help now when I need it. I mean, Tiffy, we love her, friend of the pod. She's my Miami sister. We're like we this. love Miami sisters. Oh love God. it. No, she's That's the fucking best. And she really is that person too that I'll call yeah. like when yeah. I'm having those intense like imposter syndrome moments. Curious question over here because you yes. started in corporate and I started in really corporate America as well. Yeah. Were you – did you start as like an assistant? Okay. So I – Because I, I have a reason for that question by the way. Right out of college, <laughs> college. I read out of college. I moved to New York. I got a job at a part-time job at Paper Magazine as a marketing intern. And then I was in the process of potentially becoming an assistant for their creative director at the time, Drew Elliott, Mm -hmm. um, who you'd love. He's at Mac now. Um, And then I immediately got a position as like an intern at the branding marketing agency that I was at. So I was never an assistant, but the positions that I was in were so entry level that Mm -hmm. it felt like it. And when I worked in fashion, I worked at a very, very big, um, a very pr- prolific luxury fashion house in-house. Mm. It was very Devil Wears Prada and assistant We have very similar resumes. We really do. I started interning fashion, fashion, fashion. And then my first job out of college, I was Amy Ashley's assistant, Architectural Digest. Yes. So, okay. I ask you that question because coming from like 
the big like internet Oscar de la Renta did the whole shtick, like all of those internships and then being an assistant and not only being assistant, but being an assistant in like journalism and in magazine land, I was constantly conditioned as you are and as you need to do like to be, it's like, you're, you're grateful to be in the room. You're grateful to be Mm. in the room. Thank you so much for talking to me. Like as a journalist, like if I'm interviewing someone, like I'm grateful for their time, obviously. And I got so conditioned to be like, thank you so much for letting me be in this space. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then being someone's assistant, like you have to be like this, like very polite, whatever that that I found has leaked into now being my own boss when I'm speaking with people and it's a more like even playing field. I do that a lot too, where I'm like, Oh, thank you. Like, it's okay. Like, like, you know, I back down. So that's why I ask you that of like, I wonder if that had any impact on the way that you move. It definitely did. And I'll tell you why for me in particular, I, so my family's from Iran and they moved to the U S and my family had a very successful assimilation to the U S my dad worked a great job. My mom had a jewelry store in Boston. She was very creative. And then when she had my brother and I, she was a very like amazing stay at home mom. She still does creative outlets. My dad still works here and there, but like I grew up with a lot of culture infused into my life. So like, while Mm -hmm. yes, I grew up in the U S and I actually like very radically jumped into like boarding school, very like white Mm. neighborhood community Mm -hmm. situation. My upbringing in the summers was also in France. So like we learned Farsi and French when we were younger. So I spoke French. So all of that to say, I was, I just remember working at this, um, at this fashion house. And there was a group of, you know, senior colleagues that I was invited to go to coffee and we're talking and they're like, Oh, we got coffee. And they're like, Oh, like, it's not, um, it's no like De Mago, which is a cafe in Paris that what, right. Whatever. And then like one of this, this fucking, he looked up, he looked, looked over at me. He was like, it's this cafe in Paris in the sixth arrondissement. And I'm like, I used to go there when I was 11 mm-hmm. to smoke cigs. I was like, yeah. you don't have to, not 11. I'm kidding. But I was like, I grew right. up, like I was like, I always felt like nobody was, I, because of what I looked like and what mm-hmm. people's perception of my background was, they thought that I'd never be in the same space as them. And if not, like one day I, one of the, someone came in, this was at a different job that I was at. And this sort of like luxury leader came in very like chic woman. She came in, we started to speak French. I spoke it fluently. And then my colleagues were just like, Oh, Oh my God. Like, like, and I'm like, that's fair. But I'm also like, yeah, bitch, don't underestimate mm-hmm. people. I'm like, yeah. I'm not, so I think I also was conditioned to feeling like I wasn't welcome. I think especially in fashion, mm. there's, it's very political. Mm-hmm. It's honestly more about the agencies than it is about the fashion houses that I've learned, especially with building relationships. I'm very grateful that I am, I'm taking up space in the luxury world, like with beauty, with skincare, and now with fashion. But I also now am able to see that it's a beautiful, it's beautiful. It's a, it is beautiful. It's a mutual <laughs> relationship. Yeah. It's transactional. I'm providing you with my likeness and who I am and that there are very few non-binary creators, let alone any creators that are doing mm-hmm. work in luxury fashion the way that I'm doing it. So I'm mm-hmm. providing you with something the same way that you are with me. I think the mentality that you're talking about when I was junior, I I never would have thought about it that way. Like I truly Mm -hmm. just, again, to your point, I was just conditioned into thinking one, you, you need to earn your spot or you don't deserve to be here. And then two, even if you're there, you don't quite get it. And I was like, 
I was like, I do. So it's, but again, that took me years to find that voice. And I, right. I will say having a platform is a power that has translated into so many points of confidence for me in a way that I kind of don't wish it does, but it does. Like having a platform is such a privilege and it has tremendously helped me in so many different ways. And not even in like the influencer way, just in other ways. This was literally going to be my last question for you, but you kind of set me up beautifully because I really loved your conversation on the She, Her, They podcast. Yeah. And you got in a little bit to this kind of like what happens when you start working with fashion houses or luxury or big corporate places that like only want you if you present certain femme or like only kind of validate certain aspects of your identity in this way, or maybe don't Hmm. see you fully like you're kind of describing. And I'm so interested to hear that balance in terms of like, where are your lines between at some point it's like, get your fucking coin. Like if they're going to pay you and put money in your pocket, like there is that aspect of like make your bag, but then where (laughs) is the line of like, do you ever feel like you're abandoning your like multidimensional self? Like it's a lot to hold. That's a lot to hold. I think the answer is so complex. I do, but I think there's yeah. so much truth in what you're asking. Like it's 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 like many things that are true at once. It's like exactly. I I know that a lot of the the brands that I work with want to see me as the sort of feminine, beautiful, high like luxury makeup done sort of person, and right. I don't think that my non-binariness is validated by that. I think me mm. existing like right now. I'm, I'm good. Like I'm an, like, I yeah. feel the way that I feel. So what I did was I try not to take it too seriously. Like, I think for mm. me, it was like, I was like, if a brand isn't going to see me the way, and I was like, it's a business. I think I've really learned. And I think part of it is there's no way at the level of, of, of what I'm doing for me to not have to sacrifice something. Mm. It's just not possible. Right. Like you have to sacrifice certain elements. But what I will say is again, as I've grown and as I've been blessed with opportunities, I can say no now. Like I can say no to things that fundamentally don't work. And I think a lot of people don't realize how often I say no to like bags, to like Mm. bags. And I'm like, it's just, it doesn't feel authentic. I don't fucking like this brand. I don't like what they stand for. I'm not doing this, but I will say it's interesting because there are very few of us who are creators that are non-binary and also just Middle Eastern, first generation mm-hmm. here. I'm like, I'm exhausted talking about my identities. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Ch- like, relax. But I have all these intersectional identities. I I have now found a way where like before, perfect example, if a brand wanted to take me out to like a lunch or a dinner, a hundred percent of the time I would spend hours getting ready, looking the way that I knew that they wanted me to look at. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I'm tired. If they want to work with me, they want to work with me. Me going to a dinner and not being the most beautiful perception of what they think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is what it is. They've seen my content. They've seen what I can do. I deserve to not have to force myself to look a certain type of way for them to like feel gratified and be like, you deserve oh to God, show up as yourself. Right? You know what I mean? I'm like, where you are. Yeah. And if it's an event or like a, like a dinner with like, of course sure. I want to impress people, but I'm no longer feeling like I need to do it in order for me to succeed in this industry. If that yeah. makes sense. At it least all sense. the time. And that, that builds your power. Like I, yes. I feel like that it's yeah. speaking of like finding kind of your voice and busting that imposter syndrome. Like I feel like that really totally. builds your power. I saw a TikTok yesterday, which is like 
kind of a random example, but it was a computer scientist talking about AI. And he was like, you mm -hmm. have to understand people that are like, oh, I don't want to pay for like the high quality AI. I'll just use the free one. He's like, you're in a market economy. So yeah. there's always going to be a consumer. It can either be you or the person that wants to manipulate you. And like oh, your perception oh. of like not taking it that seriously mm -hmm. and being like, I either get this or it's a, it's enough that I don't want to work with them. Like it kind of reminds yeah. me of that. Just like acceptance for what it fucking is to be in business and like running your job. It's like, here's the thing. There is a lot that I could have done in the past year specifically to grow a lot faster. There's mm. a lot I could have said yes to. There are a lot of opportunities that I could have just gone with and bit my tongue and done. There's a lot of content I could have created that just isn't me that would have, I think, catapulted me into a different level of metrics I'm fine for that growth to be slower if it means that I'm able to hold on to like at least the fabric of Yourself. who I am. Because exactly. here's the thing, I will never now seeing it, I, you do you, everybody, but and the days where I think to myself, oh my God, like I capped, like why I haven't grown on TikTok? Like what is, I, I don't want to do the videos that I, like I know we're going to go viral sometimes because I don't want to say that. And I'm just like, it's fine. Look at my career. Look at where I'm at and what I'm yeah. doing. It's like, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, you just have to decide. You have to decide what you want to do, what how transactional you want to be. I mean, I was I was mm -hmm. on this trip and I was in Paris and it was with a bunch of creators that live in LA and they're talking about very they're very like as if it's normal like they have like some of them just these relationships with other creators that's just based on collabing on content. And I'm like that wow. makes sense, but I'm also like that's that's why like I've never I've never even yeah. thought about that I've never I haven't even thought about like doing collabs with my friends who are creators here I haven't done a single one and it's a lot of it is to build each other's platforms and to like right you know, so I always and even like when I'm at an event and my team which I who I love they're like you know snap a pic with this celebrity and I'm like it's so like it, yeah yeah it. Like, now I do it and I get it and it, it's gonna build engagement of course those are the videos and photos that are gonna go viral but it's like not who I am so right. I I'm trying to find that balance. And I think it's okay for me totally. to grow slower if it means that I'm able to like consistently hold on to parts of myself that I think are the most important. Because if everything crashes and burns, my relationships are the most important thing. Absolutely. Meadow and I talk about this all the time in terms really of do. just our own career trajectory. Like, of course, the podcast and the way that we're growing this platform and doing this. But yeah. in terms of our own separate careers, we think about that all the time. Because like you said, there's so many things. There's always a new thing to grow. Yeah. And you're, there's so many creators out there that are doing the thing to grow. And I talked about this with, do you know Chrissy Rutherford? Love. Okay. Love, yeah, love. She's the best. Yeah, she's the so best. she's been an amazing like friend, mentor for me, just as someone who left editorial and is now just like fully doing her thing. And I talked to her while last time I was in New York and she was like, I never worry about my longevity. She's like, because I'm not here for a flash in the pan career yeah. and I'm not chasing yeah look at her career and it's going to continue it's going to oh. continue to grow and it's going to continue to flourish because it's authentically coming from who she is now there's a boundary between like being who you are and then also being like the stubborn person that's like mm, I don't want to do that because whatever like no you're a business person at the end of the you day you are your business and you have to be strategic but there is complete honor in holding on to who you are as a human because like you said when it's all gone or when you retire or whatever yeah. the fuck you still know that you have the integrity of who you are behind it 100 
I, I will always, I'll quote this and I'm going to misquote it. I mean, it was something along this lines, but I was watching an interview with Z-Way, comedian. Love, love who her. I admire very much. I hope I get to meet her one day. She was, she was, getting, she was getting interviewed and this was when her show was blowing up and it was whatever. And they were like, they were asking like, oh my, like, what's it like being an, over, like, how did you become this overnight sensation? And she was like, oh my God, it was so easy. It only took 10 years. And it was yeah. like, <laughs> it was, it was like very like, it, yeah. was so, it was like, you just, you know, there are, I've been there busting are, my ass for 10 years. Fuck you. Wow. <laughs> What's happening is you're seeing like creators and content creators and mm-hmm. influencers blow up overnight yes. and you're seeing their careers. And I think I always try and remind myself like, that's not normal. That's not no. normal. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's right. not normal. If I hold myself to that standard, I'm going to, I'm gonna, like, what am I? It's the same with like, when I think about it to myself, I was like, when I was in the corporate world, did I get promoted every week? No, there were years that I just did. Like, I'm like, uh, it doesn't make sense for me to do that. And like, for me, a promotion is obviously very different now, but I'm like, it's okay. My dad always says this. He's like, it's okay to not win a gold medal every day. It doesn't need to be your best day. You don't need to girl boss and fucking whatever. Like, it's not realistic. It happens to some people, but like, I think it's helpful to at least self-awarely be like, it's a, it, this pattern and this this balance just doesn't work for me right now. Nothing is linear. Healing, careers, the, like nothing is fucking linear. I'm so glad that we didn't even know the conversation was going to go here. And I'm so glad it's gone here because I think we get so many questions from our audience about just seeing it's, it's not natural how much we see of other people's lives these days. Like it's natural for us now because it's where we're at, but like, it's not something that we are used to by any means. And what we need to remember is that we're seeing a snapshot, a snapshot of the most successful part of somebody's life. Mm -hmm. Like we're seeing the peak. We're seeing that right now. And I was just listening to Jay Shetty, who we, fucking love. love. And Jay Shetty was having a conversation with, I believe his name is Adam Grant. And they were talking about this exact concept of like, you're seeing just this end result that is like years. I mean, Jay Shetty was, I mean, not only a monk, but was doing for a decade, was Mm -hmm. going and speaking and, Mm -hmm. and teaching and doing all these things. And now we're seeing this remarkable man who we can listen to his interviews and be like, oh my God, how is he that? Like I, I listen to him I'm like, how does he think of, how is he this good of an interview? How does he connect with it? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And not to take away anything from how amazing he is, but I'm also like, oh, he was doing this for, he put in the work over a decade. Well, that's yeah. when I, the number one thing when I get asked, how do you deal? Cause a lot of negativity and hate comments, like, how do you deal with it? Like how, like, how are you so good at absorbing hate comments and do, and I'm like, I have, I have, there is nothing, there is nothing that I have not seen in my DMs. Like truly, and that's the thing, it's, it's obviously horrible, but but realistically, I have I have been on social media for eight years. I've not yeah. been a creator for eight years. I've been a creator for about a year and a half, two years, right. full-time half a year. But I'm like, you just, it's just experience. Like I'm like, I, I'm just... I, would, like, I, I sometimes I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I get hundreds of these a day. Like I, I think it's one of those situations where it's like, people don't see how often it's happening. So they just think I'm not, na- or like, you know, I'm like, you don't get to see me in my lows because I don't share those because I also really need to keep boundaries. You don't see, you don't see me talking about like weight. You don't see me talking about body things because I'm not comfortable talking about those things. So you only see the parts of me that I post when I'm confident. You don't see right. the parts of me that are like, very vulnerable. And that's just a boundary that I've created, but especially with hate comments, 
And the funny thing is, is I share my hate comments and sometimes I like clap right. back to people. I post it. The comments that I share, sometimes I get messages from like people and they're like, oh my God, I can't imagine like these words like, that someone would write them. And I'm like, girl. You're like, that's a one on the scale, yeah. babe. No, no, no. That's a, that's a one on this scale. Yeah. If I shared, I, I, I think my account would get banned. Like I, yeah. I truly do. I think just by posting it, I would. So again, I, I think it's relative and I, I completely yeah. agree. It's like, I, I have experience. I have yeah. so much experience in this now, yeah. especially with the hate comments. Um, and also just absorbing energies from people online. And it just takes yes. time. It takes time. And I guess with that exposure, I mean, it becomes so obvious that it's a projection that it's just like trite and boring. Like, frankly, yeah. we made a point to like talk about this privately. I wasn't even going to say this, but like, we really didn't even want to ask you that question because I feel like you get asked that on every single podcast and like, how fucking boring. Cause like, how long have you been no, dealing okay. with those? How much do you see them? Like, we don't need like, how many I, times do you need to talk about like your, you know what I mean? Like why yeah, feed into no, that? I, it's such a projection of them and has nothing to do with you. Like that's well, boring. That's I, and that's, the, I've never shared that on a podcast. It's just, it, I'm like, someone come, that's a, that's a brick. This is yeah. a phone. Like, I don't know yeah. what to tell you. Like, I, I truly, yeah. I, I don't know. To, I, okay. Yeah. It's different a, realities. Okay. It's just, it's just different realities. And yeah. I will say, this is what I always say to people because I also don't know if I'm fully invested in believing that you just can't be affected. I don't think that's true. Right. Like, right. like yeah. the way that I describe it is for a really long time, I would, let's say, use an example, I get a hate comment, it would affect me and then it would impact me. Impact meaning that I would then such a good make a decision. I would make a decision based yeah. off of it. I would yeah. take down the photo. I might look in the mirror and be like, oh wait, hold on, maybe it's impact. Mm, right. Now, I'm not going to say it doesn't affect me. Seeing hundreds of comments yeah. affects me. But it yeah, doesn't of course. impact me. It doesn't that like... Is, whoo, it's after, a minute, after a minute or two... I'm yeah. on to the next thing. Yeah. When I get hate, and especially when I see it happening to younger people and I see them being impacted by it, I'm like, I'm like, just give me the hate because it's fine. Like I'm good with it. I it won't impact me. I'm way too grown for this. Yeah. So that's the only other thing. I don't think I've really distinguished that. And I think that's you know, a beautiful you distinction. Like, like the comments don't like affect me at all. And I'm like, they affect right. me. You know what? Right. They yeah. Me. If that makes sense. Uh, that makes complete sense. It makes so much sense. It's so beautifully said. Let's use that as an opportunity to get into coping. Because I know uh, we said already humor is a coping mechanism. Obviously, your TikTok page is like riddled with comedy that fucking lights up our life and single-handedly carries, single-handedly carries TikTok you. Friday on your back. Sure does. How, I want to know, like, how were you taught to cope with big emotions or triggers or that effect when you were younger? And how do you cope with it now? When I was younger, I was not as self-aware around like what anxiety and panic was. Mm. So I, like when I was younger, I was really carefree and I did everything and I had no anxiety and I was just chilling and living my life. And then the second I like became self-aware about sexuality and gender, I became, I, I my mom calls it my anxiety monster. Like my monster came out, like it was my anxiety monster and it happened. And I, I just like, I would, I would get really big panic attacks and I would get a lot of anxiety and it's mostly anticipatory. Like that's my anxiety mm -hmm, is like, mm -hmm. what if, what if, what if, but then what I realized was years later, I would find myself in situations that were so ridiculous and my anxiety became so powerful 
that I would laugh. Like to give you an example, I was, I was one time I had to make this train. I had to make the train home and I was like, my, I have stomach issues. So I was like, Oh my God, what if I get stomach issues? Every hot girl does. And then I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, Oh my God, the anxiety gave me stomach issues. So I'm like running to the bathroom in this horrible train station. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm shitting. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I'm like, I miss miss my train. I'm like drenched in sweat. And then I remember just like stopping and I start dying of laughter. You're like, this is the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) It's just so funny. Like, I think we, so I, and then I'll never forget that. And then I think from then on, I, um, I just started to laugh. Like I started to laugh at things and I was like, maybe I can use humor to just, to just get through those types of things. And I, I, I'll never forget. Um, there's a wonderful makeup artist creative. Her name is Katie Jane Hughes. She's love, love her. I, yeah. I adore her. The one thing that she taught me was interesting about anxiety is it was sort of like, um, when it's happening, imagine it get, imagine it getting worse and, and telling it being like, come here, get closer. Got? Like, yeah. okay. Like this is it. And that has really helped me. And it's like, it's that developed my comedy character on TikTok. Everything I see, I've, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to dating people, it's so funny because I look at the videos and I'm like, like delete his fucking number. And it's so silly, but it's actually coming from a place of like the conversations I used to have with myself where I would have anxiety over some stupid fucking guy. And then it was so bad that I would just laugh. So I think I'm trying to now the way that I am in my life is I have been through emotionally a lot that I don't talk about. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I've made it through is laughing at myself, laughing at how ridiculous the situation is. It's the only way to do it. And I, and I, I take myself very seriously. I I think, I think that one of the best pieces of advice is I've ever gotten. And people ask me this all the time. They're like, how, like from a career perspective or like, how do I, like, I'm going through this journey, this self-care journey. Do you have any advice? And I'm like, the only thing you can say is take yourself seriously. Like, but that doesn't mean like, don't laugh and joke. It just means take your anxiety seriously. Like take the moments where you need to create boundaries seriously. Like I think Gen Mm -hmm. Z is so wonderful, but I talk to a lot of these kids that follow me and they're like kids, like 16 year olds, 17 year olds, like young Gen Zers that are like, like boop, like self-destructing again. And I'm like, okay, but like, let's talk. Like why? Like, I'm like, like mm-hmm. so I, I think the combination of comedy and also this empowerment of like, you're much more capable than you think you are is what has developed my, my personhood on social media, because I will never not take myself seriously, but I will fucking be the first person to laugh at how ridiculous a situation is, if that makes sense. But I, oh my gosh. I think that comedy like helps you meet the present moment of facing that yeah. thing without so much like pain and baggage. Like right, I, I've uh, never said this 100%. on the podcast. Gabby and I always say, so our, we have the most fucked up humor ever because people with trauma always do. Yeah. And so we always make jokes about like the level of which we'll share on the podcast. And I've definitely not shared this one, but we're going to, because my version <laughs> of the like pooping at the train station story is, yeah. so my dad died when I was 17 and he was in the hospital for 55 days and it was a whole traumatic thing. We literally, serious, I'm not fucking kidding you. We get home from like the afternoon that my dad passed and my family friends come over to like, you know, mourn with us and be there and whatever. Yeah. My mom answered the door in a wedding veil and was like, I'm single. 
Like that is my family in a fucking nutshell. Like the only I've never told you that. It's like I don't know. I forgot you just unlocked that memory for me. But like the way my family and I mean, listen, we face it fucking head on. Obviously, I went to therapy. Like I work in mental health. Yeah, the way you can face it is because that should at some point laughing is what helps you face the fucking thing. What is absolutely in the wedding veil? Your mom's a fucking queen. Her mom's a G, truly. And, that, and I will say it's like sometimes my friends and I, when we talk about their trauma, we'll like, my friend will like trauma dump. This happened last week, trauma dump. And then we'll both be like, that was so fucking dark. Like, we'll be like, that is so dark. But again, I, I think um, to myself, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to like be here and to like do what I yeah. do. And it's just not fair for me to also not like just understand that there's a lot of fucking things that could be worse in my life and I think that I'm right. never someone who plays like oppression olympics like I'm like who is the oh, best like right. but I yeah. but I also I think it helps me realize when something's bad mm-hmm. or like it's my anxiety monster right. and, that and I'm like right. like one time I remember like I was having multiple conversations with the voices in my head and the anxiety monster was one of them and I just remember like you have to shut the fuck up right now shut the fuck up shut the fuck up I'll deal with you it's later it's your turn to talk stop I'll deal with you later. <laughs> I, was like, I was like running late to something I had to do this event someone was calling yeah. me I was like shut the fuck up I'm busy like I think that also helps me like really like just zone in and and not give it power and I think that's the biggest totally. thing is power is the most important thing it's like someone's like what is it it's, just, it's probably a very profound quote and I don't know who quoted it but it's or who said it but it's like you can't you can't hurt me without my permission and I'm like yeah I don't know if that's always true but sometimes I'm like I, I'm not gonna give you power right now you need to fuck off in yep. two hours I'll have a panic attack that's fine right Great. now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to be on set I cannot faint I can't yep. shit I need to just focus and then later we can deal with this. How's that? So I'm like, I'll put you in the separate room. It's we'll, like, we'll, it's, like in the, it's in the Google calendar. Schedule. So, <laughs> it's so funny to me because I'm, I'm not naturally someone who like doesn't not have anxiety when I go to shoots, when I do red carpets, mm-hmm. I have a shitload of anxiety, but I'm like, I don't have fucking time. Like I don't, I don't, yeah. I can't pencil you in. So that also is something that helps me too in just like my day to day as a creator. And I, again, I think people don't totally. think that I have that. They're like, seriously, like, you're so like, you. I'm like, Girl, you don't even fucking know half of it. You do yeah. not know. But, you know, we're working on it. We're trying. Oh, my God. This is honestly such a fucking refreshing perspective for us to talk about because we've never really had – I mean, I feel like this has been the episode of Meta and I being like, we've never said this. We've never talked about this. But it's I know. true. Like You're getting us to spill all the tea, Sears. You really are. Love it. Hey, that's the new moon theme. There's a new moon yesterday in Scorpio, and they said truths are going to be revealed, secrets come out. Like, that's very Scorpio energy. Here we go. Wait, what are your signs? Oh, big three, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. So Taurus sun. um, I'm like, what the fuck am I big three? Taurus sun, Aries moon, Capricorn rising. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Libra sun and rising. I'm like the most Libra Libra you've ever met with a Sag moon. Oh, my God. What about you? Okay. I'm a third generation Gemini son. I love Gemini's. We I, have a no. lot. We pack a lot with that. Okay. Libra Gemini's, like uh, you guys so, have two sides, and I see on both sides like Chanel. Yeah. Like that's my tagline. Virgo Libra. Yeah. Ah! I, I think I prefer more of my Virgo. To be honest, I knew you had to have some Virgo. Because Virgo's you. Moon Libra Rising. 
Yes. Like I yeah, think sure. opposite, I opposite, 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 opposite. So I oh, think really? like, I, yes, like my, okay. I think, and I'm dating a Taurus. Like I love Taurus. Mm, Taurus I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're the most unproblematic. We're stubborn as fuck and annoying as fuck, but we're oh, fucking great. I'm telling you, Tauruses are fucking great. And I, and you even I can deal the hell with out of us. like Taurus men. They're like, I would take a Taurus man any fucking day over a Scorpio man. Like I oh, like, God. I would, I would yeah. take a Taurus man because you can also like tame them a little bit. Like my boyfriend's a Taurus, the fucking bone but he also is very sensitive and i think like he has a lot to work with i will say it's my grandpa's birthday my grandpa's birthday is june 1st my mom is may 27th and i'm june 7th so like the gemini energy is very strong okay but i love gemini women i love gemini non-binary people and gemini men it really just depends on what the rest of your chart is like we we can work with it but like totally fair i don't know it can go it can be tough i also think like again for me one of the things that I, if there's any, anything that people can take away from my platform, I think is this idea that like, if you are, if you're trusting your gut in the decisions that you make, you're the only person that's going to know whether or not Mm -hmm. the decision that you're going to like continue Mm -hmm. with is the decision that you should do. Like I, I, all the time I tell people, they're like, ask, I need dating advice. I'm like, I could tell, I could mm-hmm. give you dating advice until the cows come home. Mm-hmm. You're the only person that's going to do this. I know. Like, I'm like, I, even I'm the same way. People tell me and give me advice all the time. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm like, I have, to, I have to get to the point where I'm going to want to have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that if my platform can be a reminder to at least keep it top of mind, I think that's the most important thing for me. Like I'm not, 100%. I'm not, I think, you know, there are like not to get serious, but like I sometimes forget that my impact and my influence, especially for queer people and like women and women of color, especially who are my biggest champions mm-hmm. does impact the decisions that they make. Like there was this woman who mm. she messaged me about a month ago and she was like, I had a very abusive ex I don't want to talk about it. I'm never going to get into it, but I just want you to know that like I made the decision to leave them. Your videos really helped me through. And I was like, you know what? Like that's actually, that is so beyond what I ever thought my influence could be to Mm -hmm. someone. And it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I don't need to know what their story was and I don't want to know. It's like, it's their story. Their boundary. But I do try and remind myself that although it's not that serious, I'm not saving lives, at least in some ways. I'm a reminder for people who are in the process of already mm-hmm. doing it. If That's that so sense. beautiful and yeah, so powerful and honestly, perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you about because you just posted a TikTok the other day that yeah. I was like, I see gentle parenting, American parents, and then you were talking about Middle Eastern parents and I was like, oh, my Cuban mother is yeah. that? Oh, I wrote Middle Eastern, but I I met like any immigrant parent. I think your profile is such a beautiful depiction of family dynamics. And I love how much you feature your dad. I love how you feature your brother and your family. Like it's, it's so incredible. And I think a lot of times like us immigrant parent children, it can be really easy for us to be like, especially now that mental health is so top of mind and we're talking about all the things that fucking traumatized us Mm -hmm. it's really easy to be like fuck them fuck how they raised us like i get yeah like i I hate hate my my parents parents. i understand why they did why they did but fuck them anyway and it's so easy to fall into that wow like having all those feelings and moving through that and i'm not going to speak for anybody else's experience is like super like that's valid and like do your thing i think it's also so important and beautiful to like laugh at the shit that's hilarious that your parents did and understand like 
that they were humans at the end of the day, like pretty much everyone at the, mm-hmm. like, you know, for the most part is doing the best they can with the tools they have. And so yeah. I'm wondering just like, if you have any advice for anybody who's watching your content or listening to this podcast that is maybe going through a moment where they don't know how to talk about their queerness. They don't know how to talk about their mental health with their families, especially like in cultures where it's just so dismissed, ignored. Yeah. And that's like on the soft side of it. I think what happens is when you're really close to someone or not even emotionally, but physically someone you grow up with, I also say this about people who think the same as you. When you say things, sometimes they don't listen. And sometimes they're not hearing the words that you're saying. And sometimes hearing another voice that's saying the exact same thing actually can make a difference. So when I worked in corporate America and I was working with a really tough client and I really wanted them to buy an idea, I would like, instead of just pitching the idea, I would sometimes let the work speak for itself. So I'd be like, you know, for example, or let's say use another example. Let's say a client of mine would be like, we want to do pride. And I say, you know, you don't have a great relationship with the gays. And they'd be like, no, we think it's going to be great. And I'm like, okay, they're not listening. Mm-hmm. I would send them articles of when brands have done this and gotten canceled. And when those words hit, they impact them. Mm-hmm. Same with the way that I think about anybody who's having a difficult conversation. I always say, send them my content. Let them hear my dad say something, let them hear, let them read an article, let them, let them see a video that Alok, who's this incredible non-binary poet, I'm who's my mentor, let them, them, let them, let them, let them speak something and, and talk about, um, an issue through a different medium like poetry, mm. try things out that aren't, because at the end of the day, you can try and like, hit home. It's the same like when I talk about, it's very different when I'm trying to advocate for, for, um, people to protect trans people. It's very different when my dad says it Mm -hmm. because he is a cisgendered straight man, grew up very macho. He has a lot of toxic masculinity that he's unpacking, but if we're with a group of people or he's on a construction site and someone says some, something problematic or homophobic or transphobic, if I say something, it's very different than if he says something because mm-hmm. they will listen because they have a connection with him. So my biggest advice is if the person that you want to get through to is not is not listening to you, sometimes, and not always, but sometimes the best option is to send them those same words mm-hmm. through a different mouth. Mm-hmm. Because I have learned a lot through other people that I'm sure people that I'm close with have told me but I needed to see it through another perspective. Um, and also at the end of the day, the other person has to want to, has to want to learn. I think you're, I think there is, there is no, like why waste your time, you know, trying to, to really do it. And I think the people, why the people, the reason why people waste their time is because that person's family, Mm -hmm. that person used to be close with them. That person is the only person that has given them gratification, but on this particular issue, they're not supporting them. There's so many reasons so I always try and be cognizant of that. And even with the relationship that I have with my dad, I want to celebrate it because I want to sort of shut down a lot of the people that have created stereotypes that queer people mm-hmm. can't have supportive family, especially mm, yeah. Middle Easterners. But at the same time, I do want to be self-aware that at the end of the day, this isn't an experience that a lot of people have. So I don't want to be insensitive and be like, see, like we overcame homophobia. Right. Like we have it. 
but, but I do, but I do like, again, I think I've, I've, I've tried to find this sort of, and again, I do it through comedy. I think mm-hmm. comedy creates a buffer yeah. where sometimes like people who might not agree with me will see a video. Like when people are like, you're a, you're a man. And I'm like, could a man do this? And I'll do a dance move. Cause I'm like, it's so stupid. <laughs> but then when people, when I sort of like break the yeah. ice a little bit, yeah. Yeah. people start to realize how silly everything is. And so I also think like humor has come into my content as a way for me to like reach people. I can't tell you how many times Midwestern moms follow me. These Houston oh, moms that have a shit ton of money that will buy every product that I will repost. Yeah. But when it comes to political issues, they're oh, a little, they, you know, but those women who DM me that are like, what's a trans and why are you making a big deal? And I'm like, okay, like maybe she wants, and then we'll have a conversation and they learn. And I'm like, it's mm-hmm. because I create a space where they can ask. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. creating it and listen. And listen, if at the end of the day, I can sense that they're just being an right. asshole, different. I'm not wasting Talk time. Yeah. But it is different where sometimes I do see parents that want to learn and There's they're willing to listen. Yeah. yeah. It just they need a little bit of 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 it because you're right. Our parents are not perfect. People are not perfect. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that people learn. I think they have the capacity to learn. I've seen people change 180 in the way that they have thought about social issues. So I, I always say give the benefit of the doubt until your gut is telling you that they're just there to fuck you. Like mm-hmm. it's just not even like gonna be worth the oh conversation. Oh my god, so fucking beautifully said. Well, truly. We talk a lot about neural manifestation on here. And one of the things we say is this term called expanders, Mm -hmm. which means like if you see yourself in someone else and they are doing something that you want to do eventually or like have some aspect of what you want, it can quite literally expand your brain, expand your perspective to see that something's possible for yourself. You do that. that. Like you, your presence, your philosophy, your point of view, the way you share your humor, like your unique being and everything you've collected to be who you are, you sharing that is the expander and that's the ripple Mm -hmm. effect you have. So like, yeah, yeah, maybe you don't take things seriously. Maybe you're like, I'm not a heart surgeon, but like that ripple effect is monu-fucking-mental and deserves to have like a place Mm -hmm. to land where you Mm -hmm. feel that. Because it's huge. I I say this and I've said this to a few people, like I... I wish, and it has nothing to do with my parents. It has nothing to do with anyone personal. I'm not calling anyone out, but I wish that there were certain people that told me they were proud of me before I had to prove it. So I always tell younger people that you don't need to have the platform that I have. You don't need to have the success. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have that for you to be proud of yourself. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing that we miss a lot is that we think that we, it goes back to deserving it, deserving a place. We have Mm -hmm. to earn that. You don't have to earn that. That's fucking bullshit. You don't it's have to bullshit. earn shit. I shouldn't have, and I think here's the thing too, I shouldn't have to have a platform. I shouldn't have to have an influence for people to take yeah. me fucking seriously. And yeah. I think mean, that's the biggest yeah. thing about this industry. I shouldn't have yeah. to have that. I'm privileged that people take me seriously now because I have a platform, mm-hmm. especially when it's like something bad happens or someone says something problematic and I call them out. I'm like, I, I, I shouldn't, this shouldn't happen in general. I'm lucky that I have a platform to do it. But I think on the other side of it too, it's like a lot of people feel like they have to earn their love. And it's not, that's not, I don't see mm-hmm. it that way at all, you know? And unfortunately, You're born that is enough. and I know it sounds so fucking cheesy, but it's like, it's really true. There are people that I feel like I had to earn their support and that's fucked. You don't need to earn anyone's support. It's just, it's either they're there or they're not. 
A hundred, a hundred percent. Okay. You talked about advocacy per, from one perspective and I want to flip it on its head because I've heard you say, I don't want to get it wrong, but you said something about like being supported in the way that you didn't ask for isn't support, it's tolerance, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And it really kind of reminds me of love languages. Like if people aren't familiar with that type of allyship, like just yeah. because you like receiving love a certain way, you giving it that yeah. way may not be right. what they're asking for at all and actually could be more detrimental. Like it's not really bridging that gap. So I'd love to hear your advice for the other side of the coin of those people that like want to learn how to ask, how to set the question, like how to support and how to advocate for someone or show up for someone in the way they're asking for. hundred percent. I think one of the examples that I use is like, I say this to people, I'm like, you're not allowed to come to my platform and consume the parts of me that you like or that you agree with or that you or that are convenient mm. to you. It's mm. not fair. Like I, one time I posted something about the rise of like trans violence happening specifically with black trans women in New York. Um, the data that we have aggregated, we don't have a lot of data, but the data that we do have aggregated just shows that the rising hate crimes are continuing to trend upwards when it comes to the lack of protection against like black trans women. And I had people be like, well, why, like, why would you share? Like, we don't need to, like, your page is about that. And I'm like, you're not allowed to just, like, come kiki and laugh mm-hmm. when, and, and take my dating advice and not, like, at least Thanks. give me the opportunity to speak about things that are so fundamental to me. And when I say it that way, people seem to click. Like, this woman, mm. she was like, she was like, oh, I, like, another another political, like, agenda something, like, loved your comedy. Yes, I have to unfollow. And I was like, and I asked her, I said, why were you following me in the beginning? She was like, well, I loved your videos and I loved it. I was like, everything that I'm about, every part of me that exists is political. There's nothing about me that's not political. You're just choosing right. to ignore it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. unfollow me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think that got through to her. I was like, I'm also not telling you to go repost about like the rising rates of like trans, but I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying like people need to, I think, stop policing the way that um, creators and frankly, strangers show up for the communities that mean the most to them. You don't have to be on the same page, but if that's, if, if that's enough to get you to want to unfollow me, you were just consuming the parts of me that were convenient yeah. to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yep. And how dare you also try oh, and tell so me who I am and what I'm allowed to post. Yeah. Right. Yes. You hit the, you hit the nail on the head. I feel like everything you're saying, you're just leaving me. I talk a lot and I'm just listening to you talk and I'm shutting the <laughs> fuck up because I'm like, you are remarkable. No, no, no. Rambling. So you also no, have to no, cut no, me no, off. No, when no, I'm no, like, no, 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 no. I genuinely believe it. And I also think it's like <laughs> a lot of the times to be honest, like I'm not an activist. I, my platform, I try and advocate for issues. I think what happens though is it happens a lot of like white people come to my page and they like also assume I'm an activist. And I'm like, mm. I'm not, I'm like, I hate, I'm Brown and I'm, I'm queer and non-binary, but I'm not an activist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just make me an activist. Like, I'm like, you yeah. couldn't have gone to Paris, but you're an activist. Like there's a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like also like activists. I, I, it's a very, very like, I, I would never give myself that title. Like I know people that have yeah. dedicated their lives to it, their platforms, their right. channels. 
But, um, and I think part of it is also like, it, it, it gets a little bit lost in the weeds with what I do because I am so, you know, yeah. vocal about the issues that mean the most to me. But also, you know, I think sometimes people forget like my platform yeah. is my business. It's my career. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes I, I have to prioritize, um, you know, talking about beauty and talking about skincare and, and, and honoring the brands and the timelines and the things that I've worked on. And I think that's mm-hmm. a tricky balance. All it has been for the past two years, but, um, I just have to constantly remind myself, you know, a part of it is, is a huge part of my platform yeah. is my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's always, you know, I, I always try and find a nice balance and try the best that I can, the best that I can to do it. But, um, you know, it's, it's life. I'm not going to, I can't mm-hmm. please everyone. Just, I could say everything oh the gosh. way that people want. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to. I think, I think that's the one thing that makes me hopeful about the future is like the way the internet is going is like, they don't like at least a a bigger majority of us in the past don't want one dimensional content anyway. Like I'm so uninterested in just a beauty page that doesn't also share their passions with me. Like I don't want to see one version of someone. Mm -hmm. I want to see hold sides for every different thing. Cause I know even growing up that made me, I was so interested in so many different things and I didn't know which one I wanted to pick. And it made me feel like like master yeah. of none, like, okay at everything. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, but that everyone is so multifaceted, like normalizing that, talking about that more, bringing that into such an integral part of yourself and sharing that with others without being like, don't label me as an activist. This is something I'm passionate about that holds a lot of- I can just yeah. be passionate about it. Yeah. Yes. yes. And bring that into this without you having to like label me as this, my type of yeah. content or I whatever. I do think we we want more of that nowadays in specific yeah, communities, I think so which too. is nice. My editor That's friend, um, she's an incredible editor at Architectural Digest. Her name is Sydney Gore. We love you, Sydney. And she's been incredibly helpful for me in terms of just helping me think through, like, for example, Latin Heritage Month, Hispanic Heritage Month rolls around. The mm. inbound that I get. Yep. And yeah. she's a black woman. She's like, oh, February rolls around the inbound that I get. And she's always telling me, she's like, mm-hmm. write those stories. I know that you love like elevating like specifically Latina women, like do your thing, sister. She's like, but don't let yourself be pigeonholed because I know that you have other passions and you just like oh, right. Brittany from Michigan is allowed to write about whatever she fucking wants to write about, mm-hmm. you should be allowed to write about whatever the fuck you want to write about too. And you can talk about these yeah. amazing things as well. And I think that like your page is yeah. such a beautiful representation of that. And you're like, yes. And we talked about it earlier. Like I have so, I'm sick of talking about all my intersectionalities. Like you have so many right. beautiful facets to make up the person that you are. Why force you to fucking choose one? Because it's not you. You're all uh, of it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying. It's my. It's like come June. I know those yeah. brands. Oh like, yeah, it's literally gotten cam- proposals for campaigns June second for Pride, and I'm like, I have. I I filmed everything in May, <laughs> sweetie. We're over. Yeah. We're done. But I know. But I, I and I I appreciate that. And I also I just want. I think the the thing that I want the most is for a while. I thought I only wanted people who mm. thought like me and who were fundamentally very much the same as me obviously like caveat I don't want fucking like white supremacists following me like that shit's mm-hmm. scary but like I, I always thought that I just wanted people to fall and I don't I, I want people who can come to me and question things and if I can impact them in some type mm-hmm. of way that's great like I, I I've realized that again I grew up in a fucking bubble I went to college in a fucking bubble and we don't live in a bubble. And there are people who just truly don't think the way that we do. And I think within the the boundaries of respect, 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm able to be there to talk about beauty and talk about pride, but like also like, I don't know, geek out about shit that like people would never imagine. So right. I, I'm, that's the journey that I'm on and I'm, I'm really grateful for it. I think it's going really well and I'm, I'm making people laugh, which is like a Ugh. privilege. It's great. And it's also such a yeah. more real experience. Like it's literally why we named the show thoughts may vary. Like why I want to assume that I know nothing. Why would I want an echo mm-hmm. chamber around me? How is that going to help me grow? See no. the real picture of something no. like you, like we joked before your reality is so different from my reality. Like how am I supposed to get a clearer comprehensive picture unless we mm-hmm. disagree, have all these things. Anyway, a fun one to end on because I think we're posting this in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be like big mm-hmm. holiday season is what is like one or a couple like really feel good inner child holiday things that you're going to lean into this year, whether it's like self-care or activities. Ooh, or- okay. So my brother loves specifically, very specifically, the peppermint bark from William Sonoma. I understand. Oh my God. My I mother, don't get me started. <laughs> Oh my God. Every year it's my a mom buys yeah. like eight of those mm-hmm. tins for him. So it's I just, crazy. with a hot chocolate, he just, and I love my brother is not, he doesn't really have a sweet tooth and I do. So it's like nice to be able to have. So I'm very excited. We're all going to be home. We're going to be, um, we're going to be skiing for my dad's knees are fine, are good. He had surgery. So we're going to be skiing oh, for wow. the first time ever. I'm really excited about, and I, I'm really excited. I'm going to tell everyone else to fuck off in my life. And for one day, I'm going to go to Newbury Street, which is in Boston, where I'm going to be home. And I'm going to shop alone. I'm oh, not yes. Anyone. I'm not bringing... Yeah. I love my mom. I always shop with her. And like I love shopping with my family. I want to be alone Yep. in a department store with a glass of champagne. And, yes. And I alo- like, I'm excited to be alone and celebrate myself. Yeah. And headphones on, talk to no one, make it your oh, own. I have a shopping yeah. day alone. I haven't oh. done that. I I don't think I've done that since like call it. Like I'm so yeah. so I'm excited to do that. I will be very much around my family full time, but I'm really, 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 really excited for that. And also there will be some fun announcements coming hopefully in <gasps> that time frame. So Keep if you know, great. I am on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, and I'm on Snapchat. We'll have all of the links, of course. Perfect. See your spacey. So ah! stay tuned. Oh my gosh, my heart can't oh. take it. I'm like, tell me now. Uh, this was so fun. fun. Thank you so much for taking the time. Like, we are oh my gosh. truly seriously such fans of you. So thank you. Oh my god, I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Thank you so 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 much. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts may vary pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, Aggie. Gotcha.